0: I'm Amber and I'm Becca from cranberries to cows and everything in between. This is Forward Farming. Hey guys, welcome back to Forward Farming.
1: I like your cows, Becca. Those are pretty.
0: This is, oh, it's so hard to see. That's Iris and Tiana and Felicity.
1: What about the one behind Felicity? The black cows that don't, they don't fit your matter. mold.
0: She's black. And white. <laughs> no, that's rude. She's not mine. It's, it's purple tag though. <laughs> okay. So if you're not watching us on YouTube, this probably doesn't make any sense, but I've been changing. I told Amber, I was going to change my back, background every time we recorded and I've done a good job. So like later in the episode, during our interview, I've got turkeys in the background and you're going to want to see it.
1: Mm-hmm. And okay. I, I finally figured out how to do it too. And so yeah, now I'm we're just, so now we're just some floating heads. Um, you're
0: like swimming in a sea of cranberries.
1: Yeah. There's a truck full of cranberries behind my head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how's it going? It's going good, man. We needed the sunshine today.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh. This, weekend? Ooh, this weekend was nice. Yeah. Kind of. I
0: opened the windows and It was glorious. Today was like this morning was pretty gross out. It was really windy and cloudy here and so like the wind chill had to have been in the 20s but then the sun came out and like the wind just calmed down just just enough to make it beautiful out.
1: Mm -hmm. Today was super nice. Porter and I went for like an hour-long walk with my mom this afternoon and oh I was like boy we gotta go outside because it's gonna be winter again this week.
0: (laughs) Someone posted about like how glad they were that spring was here I was like yeah for like three days
1: (laughs) yeah you just jinxed it
0: (laughs) it's not enough
1: (laughs) well I saw it's supposed to be like 65 but thunderstorms on Wednesday
0: yeah we're in a risk for severe weather also look at us talking about the weather after we just said (laughs) I'm sorry there's nothing
1: else to talk about yeah (laughs) that's what my life is I don't have anything else to talk about
0: uh, has Barry eaten any mushrooms this week
1: Oh, uh, no, no, I haven't put any out yet. I'm saving Um, for Easter. I'm putting them in Porter's Easter basket. So he's got two mushrooms. Mm, What did he eat? Mm, I don't know, but, uh, but Dan and I have, uh, we're, we're the food gods to bear. So anytime we're like in the kitchen, making something or sitting at the table and like, we just get full, like, we distract bear and then we just like throw stuff on the ground for him so he doesn't see it coming directly from us so we're always like oh bear lucky you the food gods have blessed you tonight or something stupid like that but he's smart enough to have figured it out that it comes from us so he always just sits and he follows us to the kitchen and um just sits at our feet all the time and now porter's the new mini food god too so it didn't take him long to figure out to sit underneath a high chair for snacks.
0: Sorry, I got a lot going on here. (laughs) The kids are holding outside with Joey because he had to, I forgot to remind him that we had to record this, Um, and so he wanted to get a load of poop hauled, and so I was like, when you were asked if I was ready, I was like, let's do this. All three kids and the dog are inside, but it's fine, but then they decided to go outside, so I just got Jackson next to me, and he's eating and making funny noises, And then Gracie is underneath me. She's tied up because she like, she like jumps on top of Joe's high chair to steal his food. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we have to tie her up now while we're eating. Um, It didn't take her long to figure that out. (laughs) Oh God, no. Yeah. The the first day she like didn't do anything. And I think the second day she realized like sometimes he drops food. And then by the third day, she was like, oh, my God, if I, like, just reach a little bit, I can get to him.
1: Smart girl. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh, well, you're fine. What? We have a FedEx truck here right now, and it's six.
0: Wow. at night. Time.
1: Yeah, so if you hear bear barking, he's oh. protecting the house.
0: He just nibbled my toes.
1: Anyway, how was your week? Other than it being a roller coaster weather yep there he is <laughs> um
0: it was good it was good what did we do um both the kids had oh no that was not both the kids had dentist appointments today how'd that sophia, go sophia loves the dentist absolutely loves it it's super strange um joe so- on the other hand, last time we went he was with me and he was uh <laughs> Or Amber had to mute herself. Um, Joel like will not even let the dentist like look at his teeth. So I was really worried how today was gonna go. Um, but Sophia went first and like, he kind of watched the whole time. And then finally when it was his turn, he was like very hesitant to go up. But Sophia held his hand. She was such a good mama, mama bear. And uh, he did a good job. He, he did a good job. They mainly bribed him with uh, toys. So after he got done, they got to go pick out of their toy chest that they have. And they were very excited about that. Joe took like three things. And I was like, Joe, you can probably only have one. And this was just like, no, peace out for the whole thing. Like he can take as many as he wants. And I was like, I probably wouldn't tell him that. But
1: <laughs> next um, time he's just going to take the whole thing with it. <laughs>
0: right. They Yeah, they did really good. And I had Jackson with two because Joey was busy out in the field. So we just, we handled it. We did good. Good.
1: Uh, yeah, our FedEx guy is here and, and Dan let the dog out because uh, he didn't know FedEx was here. So Bear just chased our poor FedEx guy back into oh. his van and he didn't want to come out. Because... Did he drop the package off yet? No, he like opened the door to get out. Then he saw Barry running at him. <laughs> he got his van. Oh no. Is Dan oh. going to go help him? Yeah, <laughs> he's out there. Now they're best friends. Bear has a very big bark. But he's just a dumb idiot. So he's he's fine, but it's just kind of funny to see Oh poor Bear. A guy. He was trying to get his stuff done. And
0: well, like, yeah, I mean, he's a big dog. If he was coming barreling at you, I'd probably run back in
1: that truck too. Yeah. Oh, oops. Sorry, guy. I just I ordered stuff from Target and I got some I got some new pillows for the couch. <laughs> because Bear lays on our old ones. So Flatten um, them out like little pancakes. I love them. Is that good pizza?
0: <laughs> He's so happy. We went to uh Fizzolis on our way home because mm. bribery, you know, bribery works. Um got yeah, some Pizzoli's. They got really good pizza in a sandwich. they do like eight something, eight forty nine, or I don't
2: know. Have you
1: had their sandwiches or it's like in a garlic breadstick? no that sounds they different. have like chicken parm sandwiches where it's like inside a breadstick and they're really really good
0: cool we don't go there very often usually just for the pizza because it's fast and it's I like that you can like order it and then just pick it up it's in a weird location in Dubuque but it's like kind of on our way home so
1: Like everything in Dubuque is kind of in a weird location
0: that's a valid point, yeah
1: did I tell you about the time when I was working down in Iowa, Quad Cities? I went to the Dairy Queen in Dubuque when you just come right over the bridge.
0: Oh, yeah, there's like a Dairy always. Queen. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's right next to it.
1: So they were having um, a Jurassic Park blizzard. This is like when the new Jurassic Park came out with Chris Pratt. And on my way down to Iowa, um, I wanted to stop and get one. And the guy, the kid, like went to go hand me my blizzard through the window and he like tipped it upside oh, down. And I waited like 20 minutes for the stupid blizzard and it just exploded all over my truck. <laughs> How embarrassing. Did they remake it? Yeah, he did. I'm, he's like, oh, I've never had that happen before. I'm like, yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little jaded about Dubuque just
0: because <laughs> hey, of that. Because they have a, a dirt Oreo dirt cake one. Like, so it's got, it's like chocolate and it's got Oreo and then it's got the gummy worms in it. Like, you know, the, the cups, mm-hmm. that sounded really good. But, um, and we had a little bit of time to wait for our pizza was ready, but I really didn't feel like feeding yeah. the kids ice cream right after the dentist. So I,
1: that's probably the best time to do uh, it.
0: Yeah, well, maybe. well, they picked out, um, they got like Italian ices from Fizzoli's oh i was like i probably don't need to like really overload the sugar and i knew if i only got one that would be rude <laughs> so i'll have to stop there another time because i bet that one's really so, good
1: all you have to do is you just have to eat it and, and they when they ask for you try it just be like no 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 it's spicy <laughs> you
0: Don't fall for that though really yeah. your kids are too smart yeah yeah it's unfortunate um anyways what, what you got going on the marsh this week Anything
1: exciting? Um, nothing really. Just because it's so cold, everything is still flooded back up. Like when it's cold and like especially when it's really windy, you make sure that they're flooded and protected. So there's not really a whole lot going on right now. Um, I think the guys are just like trimming trees and picking up sticks today, like it wasn't anything super fun. Um so just kind of shop work.
0: That needs to be done.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before, I'm just excited for the grass to start growing again, so I can start mowing. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get out of the house. I need to. I'm, I'm going a little stir crazy.
0: I was telling Joey we almost need to mow ours because last fall it was a pretty warm fall, and mm-hmm. like we almost should have cut it one more time. So it was like pretty long when it turned gross. Um, but now it's like just starting to to turn green. But there's just like a, a lot of dead. Long stuff, so I told them we should probably mow it at some point.
1: I think maybe after this week with the rain when it's gonna be really warm. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe next in the next week or two. I hope, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, before this intro gets to be like 30 minutes long, <laughs> we have a fun guest tonight. Um, I think. Uh, we kind of go over how we, how we found Emma um, when we jump into the interview, but Emma, I um, actually went to high school with Emma. She is super great. Um, and if you are interested in FFA or if you were in 4-H as a kid and not FFA, this is a great way. Um, Emma's great at explaining what the program is all about. Um, how to get involved if you're not an FFA, um, even as an adult. Uh, So there's a lot of really good things covered tonight. So hopefully this answers some of your questions. Hopefully it gets you a little excited about the program. Um, And if you are in high school, um, maybe consider joining, or if you're an adult, maybe talk to your kids about joining um, as a way to stay involved because it is um, much larger than egg, which is something I wasn't, I wasn't really familiar with. So Let's just jump right into the interview with Emma. Enjoy. Hey guys, I'm really excited for our guest today. Um, I think last season, Becca and I were talking about something revolving around FFA, and uh, we didn't know how to answer our own question. And all of a sudden, Emma just slid in our D- DMs, and she's like, "Hey, I listened to this episode, and if you guys ever want to talk about FFA, let me know." Well, Emma, we let you know, so here you are <laughs> to talk about FFA with us. So. Um, Guys, please welcome Emma Huber to the podcast. Um, Emma, welcome. Thank you. So do you want to start off by just introducing yourself? Tell us where you're from, what you do, um, how you got to be where
2: you are today. So I'm Emma Huber, and I am originally from Toma, which is where I teach egg now, which is pretty cool. Um, so as part of being an egg teacher, it also makes me automatically the FFA advisor. Um, I've been teaching for six years and been in Toma for five years, which is neat. Um, but kind of like my personal life, my husband and I, we have a farm outside of Wisconsin Dells. Um, So we're really busy with like our horses and chickens and goats and sheep and beef cows. Um, And Becca, I think you just got an Aussie and I have one. too. So his name is Tater and he's sitting here wondering what I'm doing on my computer. Um, But I've had um, the opportunity to work with the National FFA organization ever since I joined FFA when I was in 10th grade. Um, And I've served as a state officer after I graduated from high school and then in a couple different facets over the last couple of years beyond just my role as an FFA advisor in Toma. So a lot of FFA realm in my life.
1: That's pretty impressive. I'm not going to (laughs)
2: lie.
1: So did you know kind of when you first started FFA, like this is what you wanted to do when, when you quote unquote grew up?
2: Um, Not really. I was really hesitant, actually, to join FFA when I was in high school. I didn't take an egg class until I was a sophomore in high school. Um, I was a horse girl. I grew up competing in rodeo. And I always like there's like this thing where like horse people aren't necessarily like egg people. So um, but once I took my first class, I just like jumped head in and I took advantage of like all the opportunities I could be a part of. And so I knew that I loved FFA, but I didn't necessarily think that I would be an egg teacher until I ended up in college and didn't like what I was going to school for. So then it made me round back and my egg teacher said, well, duh, we knew you were going to do that. (laughs) So did you
1: grow up on any sort of farm or were you just mostly um, horses and, and rodeo?
2: Um, I grew up in town, but my grandparents had a farm. so I've had horses and like been on the farm my whole life. Um, but I didn't actually have my own farm or have horses at my house until I got married and Josh and I have our farm.
1: That's pretty exciting. That's cool. That's a cool story how that all came through. So um, I guess do you kind of want to explain to the folks out there myself included that weren't involved in FFA, like what the organization is all about and kind of what you teach in school?
2: Yeah, so FFA is a national organization for students in seventh through 12th grade who are interested in some facet of agriculture. So I always teach my students that FFA used to be Future Farmers of America, but 35 years ago, actually, they changed their name to the National FFA Organization. And the reason being is that FFA is for more than future farmers. So like a common like slang is FFA used to be for cows, plows and sows, but the modern FFA is for beakers, speakers and job seekers. So it's it's just a wider variety. Anyone can join FFA and there's a whole lot of opportunities for students in public speaking and learning about modern technologies, but there's also still those production egg students or those more stereotypical Um, farming kids, there's room for them in FFA too. So we have different events that um, you would either consider at like the chapter and then in Wisconsin, we call it like the next level is district and then section and then state. So similar to like sports, um, a lot of times you're gonna have like your first level of contests at the chapter level and then you move on to district, sectionals and then state. And so there's anything from like speaking contests, which we call leadership development events, where students are like memorizing the FFA creed or um, practicing parliamentary procedure by running a meeting, to um, then we have career development events, which are like typically known as judging contests. So like your dairy cattle judging or um, vet science has their own judging contest. So there's a lot of like opportunities for students to grow beyond what a lot of people originally thought was future Farmers of America. It's a big picture now, I guess.
0: I think that's such a big misconception that like if you didn't grow up on a farm or you're not part of agriculture, you're like not welcome in FFA. And almost the same goes for 4-H too. Like it's like there's so much more to 4-H than just the egg side of it. And I think a lot of people sometimes don't realize that.
2: I agree. And I also think that because now, like I I don't have a lot of experience with 4-H, but specifically in FFA, because we're so focused on like the modern technologies and the speaking contests and different things like that, the leadership portions of it, we have to remind ourselves like we have to keep including the production egg side of it because we don't want to lose those students' interests either. um, Because a lot of times those are the students that need Like the leadership skills. Maybe they're never going to leave the farm. So if we can give them a little bit of like customer service or something, it will help them along the way. But I agree. And I also like, I always think, I mean, like we're all women, but agriculture in general is like the good old boys club. And so a lot of people think that there aren't any girls or there aren't any female egg teachers. And in the FFA right now, there's about 60% of our leadership positions. So like um, the chapter officer teams and state officer teams are women or are girls. So wow. that's pretty cool. That is. Do they still do forensics in high school? Uh, in some school. high schools do,
0: yeah. I'm just thinking like that's kind of uh, not similar. You know, FFA is more <laughs> like leadership, but I was in forensics once upon a time. We, like no a big memorize deal stuff I don't know <laughs> why because I hate like public speaking and stuff so maybe that's why I hate it <laughs> it scarred me for life um so if a student wants to be involved in FFA I know it's not at every school um like my school growing up didn't have it and I we tried to get it started at our school but we had a very um not rural community and they kind of cared more about sports and anything else than uh, trying to get an FFA started. So they put a squash to that pretty quick. But if, a, if someone wanted to join, I know my senior year, I joined at a different school, but I feel like I didn't get the full experience of it just because I wasn't at that school. But I guess, what can they expect? Like, do you have to take a certain amount of egg classes or like, how do your meetings go? Is it similar
2: at every school or is it just depending? So it kind of depends that the different schools, what their requirements are, but from National FFA, they tell us that in order to be like an active FFA member, you have to have an egg class, at least one a year. Um, But schools are on all different schedules. So like some schools have quarter long classes, some schools are on trimesters now. Um, And so depending on what their school system is set up like, it's Especially hard for like juniors to get into egg classes because they're like working on all those AP classes and making sure that they have an easy course load their senior year, um, and so some schools are going to be more lenient with that, but they're supposed to have at least one egg class a year, and then every school is lenient on or not lenient. Every school is different on the amount of teachers they have or the amount of classes that they offer. So in Tomo where I teach, there's two of us. So. I teach 7th and 8th grade, um, and I have a variety of classes that my students at 7th and 8th grade get to take, and then I teach high school animal science classes, and then my co-teacher, she teaches um, all of the rest of the classes, so like natural resources, horticulture, um, any of our like biotechnology classes at the high school. Um, but not every school has two teachers, so they might be more limited on the amount of classes they can teach. And we're pretty unique in the fact that I'm like two-thirds at the middle school. So I see a ton of middle schoolers, whereas some other districts don't see students until they're in ninth grade.
0: And do only FFA members take those classes? Or are they open to everyone?
2: So that's a little bit different depending on the school too. So at my school, like everyone's required to take agriculture when they're in seventh grade as an exploratory class. That's um, awesome. As, <laughs> as like it should uh, be like that at every school. I agree. So everyone takes it in seventh grade for nine weeks in like a rotation with their like art class and health class, etc. But um, not every school has that. But the same is um, the same is like. Uh, can you tell me your question again?
0: Expect <laughs> me to like remember it. Oh, cannot. AK. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so, um, the, at, like, so at my school, everyone's required to. So they're not all going to be an FFA. Um, and at the high school, it's same too. I think between the middle school and the high school, my co-teacher and I, we see like 525 students a year which is really cool. Um, Mm -hmm. But we have like 140 students in FFA. So So they're not all in FFA, but some schools then they have what's called affiliated membership. And I think that like as a whole, we're moving towards that. So then every student who takes an egg class is automatically an FFA member. And there's pros and cons to it, but the big pro to it is that students who might not have money to pay for those FFA dues don't have to worry about it. But also if a student decides this time of year that they want to compete in a contest because or any FFA event, because it sounds interesting, they can because they're automatically a member, even though they missed the March 1st sign up. So at March 1st, we have to have our rosters due. So if I have anyone this time of year, that's like, oh, I want to go to Midwest Horse Fair with you next week. They can't because they're technically not an FFA member if they didn't sign up before. Well,
0: hmm. oh, yeah. And you wouldn't want to, necessarily take that opportunity away from a student who had signed up
2: right previously yeah Hmm. so it just depends what do you guys do at the midwest horse fair then um i'm taking one of my class i teach a class called horse dairy and livestock science and so i'm taking a group of like 30 ish students with me down there in a couple weeks and we're just gonna like They'll have like a list of things they have to try out during the day. So they'll have to go talk to a couple different vendors in the Alliant Energy Center and they'll have to watch at least one show or like one class of a show. They'll have to go see a workshop. They'll have to like walk through a couple different barns and take selfies with horses. I just like make things funny. I, a lot of times, I'll give my students like a, Like when we go to World Dairy Expo or Midwest Horse Fair, I'll give them like a photo scavenger hunt they have to complete, so that they can put all those in a slideshow and we can look at them when we get back.
0: Oh, that's awesome!
2: It's fun to do. So, how many events? like, Like more engaging too. Then,
1: yeah. Oh, sorry, Amber. No, you're fine. How many events like that do you typically go to in
2: a year? Um, I mean, like Midwest Horse Fair and World Dairy Expo. Those are like two big events we do in Madison, but. I would say in any typical month, it's pretty common for us to have anywhere from like five to 10 FFA events.
1: So what, like, like what? <laughs>
2: um, okay. So like <laughs> everything um, this month, my students, so, or let's do March, for example. So the beginning of March, my students had their sectional speaking contests. So those were students who already qualified for that level. They went to that. Um, we had our, like, chapter meeting, so just, like, our general, like, membership meeting. Um, we had an event called Build-A-Bed, which was, like, a community service project we did with the Toma Lions Club. We had our Toma FFA alumni um, banquet, so they had a banquet, and we'd had students go there. Um, oh, and we had... Um, our UW Platteville hosted a career development events, which is the judging contest. So we were down there. And then we also had practices for all of those things. So um we had like 7:15 a.m. practices for my Parley Pro team and 330 practices for my Quizball team. And then we had practices all over the board for our five different judging teams that went to Platteville. We're so do- terrible weather for that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was inside. So thankful for that. Oh, that's good.
0: Uh, one of the girls that helps me feed calves was uh, helping out with like the horse judging thing, and I was like, "Do you have to be in an outside arena for this?" She's like, "No, we're in the barn." I'm like, "Okay, that makes it a little bit better."
1: <laughs> so, do you have to plan all of these events yourself, or do you have help, kind of? Because that's a lot of work.
2: It is a lot of work. Um, So theoretically, it's a student leadership organization. So I try to put as much into their hands as I can. And especially when it comes to, I mean, seventh graders aren't going to be able to plan a community service event by themselves. But with the right guidance, they can put most of it together. And if you ask them to do really hard things, they'll figure it out. Um, And then when it comes to like, we have a 10 person high school officer team. So that's a lot of kids to complete tasks. So it just takes, we have like, not we have, like we do have weekly FFA officer meetings. So every Thursday morning we have a meeting that my co-teacher and I come into with a to-do list and we separate the officers out into different groups and they start planning different things. So it is a lot of work um, and a lot of egg teachers aren't lucky enough to have two advisors at their school um to help balance some of that but theoretically the students do most of it because it's their organization so sometimes I just have to remind myself to like step back and if it fails it fails (laughs) because it's not mine to own that's really cool
0: oh sorry go ahead
2: (laughs) do do a lot of the
0: students then continue um into collegiate ffa at their school or do do a lot of schools have which I know Platteville did no,
2: oh, I don't. So they're they're kind of going away or they're like rebranding themselves. Um, Platteville had, I went to Platteville too. Um, so Platteville had the collegiate FFA, but I think now it's morphed itself into an egg ed society, which is the same thing that River Falls has. Um, and so I think a lot of them go on to college in their active in different organizations within their universities, but they're not necessarily active within a collegiate FFA anymore. But there is a program at the tech schools that FFA basically like lends into, and it's called PALS, stands for Partners in Active Leadership Support, I'm pretty sure. Um, But that is a, no, that's not right. It's PAS. I'm thinking of something different. So it's post-secondary agriculture students. Um, And so that's at all the two-year universities, which is really similar to an FFA. And we have really strong chapters of that at our two-year schools in Wisconsin. So do you guys offer a lot of scholarships then? Uh, Yeah, we have a lot of scholarships through FFA. So I think National FFA gives out over $500,000 worth of scholarships. Um, But Wisconsin FFA gives out a ton of scholarships And I know, like in Tomo, we have a um, like a scholarship night where the students can apply for different scholarships, and then they're recognized in the auditorium for it. And every year, parents are like, "Wow, those egg kids really get a ton of scholarships," and they're so amazed by it. But and they're like, "Man, I wish I would have known that." And we're like, "Okay, well, it's every year, so like (laughs) push your kids into that area and don't sound them; they can't do it."
1: I feel like. Your FFA chapter is a lot bigger than it was like when we were in high school. Have you noticed a lot of growth in your chapter?
2: Um I I the program itself has like morphed itself. So it used to be like a middle school only teacher and then a high school only teacher. And a couple of years before I came up into FFA. Or before I came to teach in TOMA, it morphed itself into a position where now I am like a third of the high school and two thirds. So I think there is growth in our school, but I think there's growth everywhere. Um, 2020 like downed our numbers in Wisconsin FFA a little bit. But in Wisconsin, we have like 21,000 FFA members, which is pretty
1: cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And we're not affiliated. Like I was talking about before where like every student has to be in an egg class or every student in an egg class has to be an FFA. So some States that have that have like over hundreds of thousands of FFA members in their state, like Texas. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but it's
0: 80 degrees in Texas right now. So we can't even, can't even say anything to them. Yeah. Texas and California are the two biggest
2: States
1: that makes
0: sense. I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a lot of culture there. Wisconsin is still better, but
1: yeah. Someone wanted me to ask you when you're going to get rid of pantyhose for the uniforms.
2: (laughs) Someone was really upset about the pantyhose. (laughs) Tough beans, man. Um, so our official fa dress actually maybe five years ago or so now they changed it because it used to be like really gender like secluded. So women's official dress had to be, um, like it read that they should wear, um, the knee length black skirt with the black nylons and black closed heels. Um, and I think about five years ago, they changed that. So now it just reads, um, FFA official dress can include, and then it lists off black slacks, et cetera. So it was kind of like a really big deal when the state and national officers started wearing black slacks as part of their official dress. Um, a little bit jealous of that because when I was a state officer, we wore, um, the black nylons and black knee length skirt, and they're not easy to find. So the black knee length skirts are not, not an easy task to find. So when I find them, I buy them and I keep them for my students who want to wear them.
1: So what is like the official dress? Like what else do you wear besides the
2: black? So they have um, like black, plant, back, black pants, black shoes, and then they have to wear a white collared shirt. Um, and then they have the blue corduroy jacket um girls have like a scarf that hooks together kind of like a fake tie in the back and then boys have the actual um they have a tie there's different versions of the scarf and the tie and you can buy them all through national Fae's website um but i would say hands down the hardest part is finding those stinking skirts
1: i think that probably turned a lot of girls off from ffa when they were (laughs) when that was still a thing like i have to wear a skirt no i'm out
2: (laughs) I think that a lot of the kids like complain about having to wear the official dress, but when they're not allowed to wear it anymore, they're really sad.
1: That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So if you could pick like, what, what's your favorite event to go to? Uh,
2: my favorite event, both as a student and as a teacher to take students to is National FFA Convention. So It's held every, usually the last week in October, and it's in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, There is usually about like 75,000 FFA members there. Um, We didn't have it in 2021. Um, But we no, that's wrong. We didn't have it in 2020, but we did have it back this last year in 21. And it was so fantastic to be back there, because there's literally like blue jackets everywhere. And all the kids are so excited to see each other. And we gather in Lucas Oil Stadium and Bankers Life Fieldhouse. um, And so there's just there's kids everywhere that all have the same interests and teachers everywhere that all have the same interests. And there's lots of fun different sessions and workshops and like a big like Western themed shopping mall they put together and a big expo center with like colleges and different universities and um, businesses that the students get to talk to. And for some of our kids that like, some of our kids never get out of Wisconsin growing up. But at my school specifically, there's kids that never get out of Monroe County. So having the opportunity to go all the way to Indianapolis, which for some states, it's a lot farther than a seven hour car ride. But um, for going to Indianapolis and spending five or six days there with a group of kids, it's really neat to see just like their eyes light up and then be excited about the new friends they made and the experiences they had. So that's definitely my favorite thing.
1: That does sound really fun. I'm not going to lie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Emma,
1: if um, if you were talking to a room full of like eighth graders that had no that didn't know anything about FFA, what would your pitch be to kind of sell them to come over and and give it a try?
2: I always tell my students that there's something for every there's something for everyone in FFA. So whether you want to learn more about animals or plants or natural resources, whether you like to talk in front of people or think you want to learn to talk in front of people, or whether you'd rather like sit at a computer and learn things that way, there's literally something fun for every single person to do in FFA. And it's my job as their FFA advisor to help them figure out what that is, and I'm bound and determined to help them figure it out. So if they're willing to show up to a meeting or to sign up to an event, I'll make sure that they have fun. And I'll also make sure that they find their specific space that they love the most. And we have so many opportunities that we are talking about earlier that like, it's hard work um, as an FFA advisor or egg teacher to put on, but it's worth it because a lot of students find their place in FFA that might not find their space in sports or might not find it in another club at school. And so it always makes it worth it to see them excited about it. So that's what I always tell my kids.
1: That's so cool. And I think Toma is super lucky to have you especially come back home um, and just makes it feel a little bit more personalized. So you're doing you're doing amazing work and um i'm excited to see how you can continue to grow and and shape all these young minds because that's just i learned so much just from talking to you these last few minutes so yes. kudos to you is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you feel um very passionately that you just need to throw <laughs> in there
2: <laughs> um I guess one last thing I'd like to include is that for students that really enjoy FFA, there's also a lot of other avenues. So like what Becca was asking about collegiate FFA. Um, So if there's other organizations that are interested in joining, um, but they can also always come back to their FFA chapters and support them similar to like a sports boosters club. Um, Not every FFA chapter has an official FFA alumni and supporters group. That's what like our sports boosters would be called FFA alumni and supporters. So they might not have an official group, but your egg teacher will never turn down any help. So if anyone listening or anyone anywhere is interested in helping their Previous egg teacher or whatever town they ended up in once they became a grown up, no one is ever going to turn away your help coaching a team or helping on a field trip or anything like that. So definitely reach out and see if there's some way you can be involved. If that's something you're interested in doing,
1: cool. I didn't know that either. You're just mm-hmm. you're just a little knowledge bomb over. Here. <laughs> <laughs> so before we let you go, uh, Becca, do you want to do some rapid fire questions? Oh, Jesus. Just, just um, put everybody on
2: the spot real quick. Okay, uh, what's your favorite item at Quick Trip? Um, chicken sandwiches with mayo and pickles. Ooh, good. Okay, while that's we're still trees. on Quick Trip,
0: uh, brown cap or green cap?
2: Uh, I can't drink milk.
0: Oh, oh no! <laughs> I'm so sorry.
2: I'm, I'm so lactose sorry. intolerant, but I'm willing to make the sacrifice for ice cream, just not like a glass of milk. Yeah, that's okay. fair. That's fair. What, what are you coat.
1: risking it for? What <laughs> kind of ice cream are you gonna risk it for?
2: Any cedar crust ice cream. Mm, yeah, this, that's good. Um, uh, okay,
0: Y'all, you got one?
1: Uh, what What's your favorite brand of cow?
2: <laughs> Angus. <laughs> it's what we have.
1: <laughs> it means nothing to me when people answer these questions. I just <laughs> like seeing Becca's react. <laughs>
0: It's just it's a black cow. <laughs> That's okay. Um, what's your spirit animal?
2: A horse. Wild and for me.
1: Are are there different are there different brands of horses? What's your brand of horse?
2: My favorite <laughs> brand of horse is an American quarter horse. <laughs> so for the for the
1: horse dummies out there like me, what do those look like? What did they look like?
2: Um I, I don't really know how to explain it. They're really like stout and muscular. Okay. They're like your most common, like, um, like brown flavors. too, I think. Well, they don't. They can be basically any color. Oh.
0: I like the paint ones. Is that what they're called? when they're like kind of speckled a little bit. They're cute.
1: They're I always of- like the the palominos. That's the only one I know. Mm-hmm. I always wanted <laughs> to be one, like tan and blonde hair. That's my. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> I know you're you're really getting us. You're turning a question. <laughs> um, let's see. If you could live in any um, time period, which one would you live in? <laughs>
2: um, now I guess I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, like I mean, five years from now would be like, cool. Five years from now would be cool because then I'd like know like how everything turned out, right? That's fair. It would hard fair. to almost go back because you like know
0: so much now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's simpler times back then, but then you don't have like internet. <laughs> what time period <laughs> would you like to live in?
1: Um, I think like the thirties <laughs> would be cool. I don't know. Is okay. prohibition over by then? I don't know. <laughs> but these are the real important questions (laughs) yeah or
0: talk about prohibition what's your drink of choice
2: um angry orchard it's been a while since i've had those do they make different flavors or is it all apple they make different ones the best one is like pineapple really well they also make a cranberry one you would like that it's good
1: i'm gonna have to look for it now Mm. um okay oh i was gonna ask you fresh or fried cheese curds but i'm sorry Uh,
2: okay (laughs) make sacrifices for important things
1: (laughs) i love that becca do you have one more last question
0: um no (laughs) a good one if you had the chance to speak to any celebrity about agriculture and what you do for FFA who would it be?
2: Carrie Underwood because that would there's be a lot of misinformation that is shared and I would like to show good examples okay that's that's a good answer vegan. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Something like that.
1: Becca, I want to know your answer now. We haven't asked that question. (laughs)
0: Um, I I was just watching Obama, but (laughs) I don't consider her a celebrity. (laughs) Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Um...
1: (laughs) I'm just going to edit that out. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <a good> <laughs> I don't know I didn't ask it because I was thinking about it I was just really thought she would be a good one to like try to talk to because of what she did She to would. the school lunch program but
1: bring back the cookies bring
2: back the cranberry juice there's nothing
1: <laughs> there's nothing at school lunch
2: <laughs> that's really sad
1: okay well that was him? I mean, I was just watching that Kardashian special, so obviously oh. Kim Kardashian was right at the top of my brain. <laughs> I texted Becca right I feel before like it came be on
0: hard to have a conversation with her.
1: I mean, if you yeah, took I'm her phone really. away and you just like strap her hands down behind her back or something, <laughs> maybe it would be okay. Uh, yeah.
0: Let me let okay. me reach out
1: to her PR team and see if she wants to come on.
0: <laughs> if your
1: people call my people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> okay, Emma. <laughs> this is uh, gone. <laughs> that's that's gone off the rails. So thank you for taking time to come chat with us. Um, and again, you're doing great things in Toma. So thank you. Um, are you on social media? Do you want people to follow you?
2: I uh, can. I think I'm on Instagram at like Mrs. Emma Huber. Um, I post some stuff related to school, but most of my school stuff is posted through Toma FFA's Facebook and Instagram pages. So you can follow those if you want to.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you again. And, um, you guys, if you're not following us, make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram page over at forward farming podcast. We're also on YouTube. So if you want to come see Becca's turkeys, (laughs) Head on over to our YouTube channel. Check us out there. Uh, (laughs) I'm over at Cranberry Chats and Becca's over at Farming with the Hill Bees. And that wraps it up for this week. And we'll see you next time.